Welcome, family. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Philly Strong, presented by Trackstar Sports, where it's all about the Philadelphia Eagles, 76ers, and competitive strength training. Let's get into it. All right, all right, all right. Thanks for tuning in, guys, to another episode of Philly Strong. Aaron Simpkins here, your host. This is the show that happens on the Trackstar Sports Network, uh, Trackstar Sports Podcast Network, every two weeks, Thursday night. And uh, this is going to be basically, no, not basically, it's, it is going to be an all Sixers edition. So, uh, uh, that being said, in this show, Philly Strong, we cover uh, 76ers, Eagles, and strength training. And uh, before I get into that, though, I want to mention, so I don't forget, uh, if you have an Android, get the Podcast Republic app and find Trackstar Sports on there, subscribe, and listen to us all you want on your Android. Now, if you do have an Android, I would tell you also to just go get an iPhone, but hey, we don't need to get into that conversation. So, uh, let's get into it. Sixers, some big stuff has happened recently. Brian Colangelo, uh, as I'm sure basically everybody that's heard, that uh, the Sixers GM, Brian Colangelo, has been involved in uh, some pretty... Uh, really interesting um, drama and it has it has all come down to where he resigns basically you know kind of forced to resign in other words he would have been fired but uh, he was resigned as of yesterday officially and it come it came out to be after they were investigated the Sixers hired uh, an uh, independent investigative firm to look into this whole situation. And what it was, what it ended up being was that Brian Colangelo himself had, again, remember, he's the Sixers general manager. He's the GM. He had, uh, he had one Twitter account that was just a random account uh, that he was personally controlling but he did not, on that account, he did not uh, mess with players. He, he didn't call anybody out. He didn't make fun of anybody. He didn't put anybody down. Um, he didn't release any team secrets. He didn't say anything that only somebody in his position would know. He didn't say any of that stuff on that account that he controlled. Now, this is all according to the study and uh, what he says and, and all that. So, you know, let's... Uh, I'll believe him for now. <laughs> but anyway, the where it really gets down and dirty is uh, Brian Colangelo's wife is the one who basically has gotten him into the position he's in. And she was controlling multiple Twitter accounts, Twitter burner accounts, they're calling, calling them. And uh, his wife was controlling them. And on those accounts, she was, whether it was her or... It, the assumption it was is it was her, but um, is that they were, she was making fun of players, the Sixers players. When I say players, Sixers players making fun of them, um, you know, calling them all kinds of stuff, saying that they're you know this and that, bad at that, and blah blah blah, and and then also revealing some things that only in insider somebody working in the team would know so in other words revealing team secrets that things that 
you know, weren't meant to be public information. And that's why this is such a big deal. And uh, so, you know, initially when I first heard, you know, Brian Colangelo is in trouble for Twitter, burner Twitter accounts, I'm like, all right, what is this all about? You know, he, he could not have been stupid enough to make up Twitter accounts where he was revealing secret team information. Well, he kind of wasn't technically. <laughs> uh, like I said, as was reported, Colangelo did not run the Twitter accounts that uh, that were call- causing all the trouble, but it was his wife. So, I mean, again, it's speculation to say how could he not have known that. You know, that we, that's not a fact that we know, but... Um, it's a strong assumption that it's like, dude, come on, it's your wife. You're not going to know what she's up to. Uh, like something that big, you're not going to even have a clue. You know, I mean, it's that type of thing. But hey, uh, at this point, it's done. It's dealt with. He has resigned, which is a shame because he got the Sixers into a really good spot. I mean, a lot of the groundwork was set by Sam Hankey, but Brian Colangelo, he, you know, he did help a lot for this. Uh, this past year that that just happened and um and he's he everyone was confident in what he could do and the Colangelo name his father and all it's it's a strong name at least it was across the the league so you know again it's a shame that this happened because you know it makes somebody's name bad and you know trust is something that it, it takes a long time to earn, but a couple seconds to break. And he's definitely broken it, I'm sure, across the league. So, you know, I have no idea what's going to happen with him in the future. And uh, I just, from this point, I do hope him the best. I do hope that he gets his personal situation with his wife and that whole whatever relationship going on, that whole th- situation. I hope that gets all straightened out. And, uh, but fact is, He's moved on. Sixers have moved on. And in place of him, uh, Brett Brown, the coach, has become the interim GM. So he is now the coach and the GM for the summer and, and all that until they find uh, you know, a permanent GM. But Brett Brown, is, Brett Brown has full control of the team at this point. So uh, kind of a little you know, side note, not something that's going to catch national news and not something that even probably a lot, actually I know a lot of local stations and stuff are talking about, but, um, something I think internally, you know, on the team and, and in morale with players and stuff like that was a great move that just happened is the Sixers have hired Monty Williams as an assistant coach. And he has a connection with Brett Brown back in their San Antonio days. Brett Brown and Monty were both, uh, uh working under Greg Popovich so they come from a great line. They come from a great organization, very successful organization. Monty Williams uh, was a player. He had spent some time in, in the front office, spent some time on the bench as an assistant and all that. And just a stand-up great guy. Um, that's why I say I think I feel like this is going to be the type of move that is a great move. It's a big move that will affect the team a lot, but it's not going to be a move you ever hear about. Uh, Cause how many y'all, how often do you ever hear about 
you know how how important the assistant coach is to a team. It's just not a news. It's just not a story that that catches you know catches on in the news and stuff like that. It's not something that's reported on. Uh, but it is it does happen. It is one of those things that does have a great effect uh, internally and the players on the team and all. They know that. Like I said, I have a really strong gut feeling that that this move with Monty Williams is going to be that type of move for the Sixers organization. So that's why I love this move. Um, side note with Monty Williams, you probably would recognize him from uh, a viral YouTube clip that he did. Uh, it was him speaking at his wife's funeral uh, two years ago. And just an incredible speech on faith uh, and love and uh, staying strong. And uh, just from that, you can tell what kind of guy he is. So, you know, that's why, again, that's why I love that this move. Um, I love that he's going to be on the bench. I love that he's going to be around these young guys because the Sixers have some of the youngest, they are one of the youngest teams in the league. So that's why I love this move so much just to help with, with their growth and their maturity. So, okay. All that being said, we've laid the groundwork for the draft. The draft is going to be, um, actually as I'm supposed to do the next show in two weeks, on Thursday night, so that'll be. Uh, we'll see what I got figured out for that. I'm not. I'm not really sure what I'm, if maybe I'll do some kind of live, live feed, live show. I'm not really sure what we're gonna do for that. But um, this, the draft will be when I'm supposed to do my next show. So uh, that being said, this is my draft preview two weeks early um, because this is the last time you're gonna hear me before the actual draft happens. So what I'm gonna do for you guys is. The Sixers pick 10th in the first round. So what I'm going to do is give you my top three guys that I would like to see them go after with that 10th pick. Now, obviously this is, you know, assuming that they're going to stay at the 10th pick or maybe, you know, trade within a couple spots. I'm assuming these guys, whether they trade back a little or up a little, I'm assuming these three guys will be available somewhere in that range that they pick. So I was going off of, you know, a couple different, a uh, couple different mock drafts I saw, and seeing who was in that that range of the tenth pick, and then also considering you know knowing what the Sixers need, what type of player they need, so that's where I got my my top three. So I'll go over to three, and then I'll kind of break down like, you know, I'll, I'll kind of rank them, you know, one, two, three, uh, who who I like the best out of the three, even though I really do like all three. Okay, anyway, first one I'll name, Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges is a guard slash forward uh, from Michigan State University. He comes in at 6'7", 230. Uh, he's a 20-year-old sophomore. Average 17.1 points a game, 36.4% from three-point, uh, seven rebounds a game. He's known for being uh, very athletic, uh, so you see him in some crazy dunk highlights and blocks and stuff like that. Uh, he's, he's a lefty. He's a very good shooter. Um, he's a, he's a good shooter. I don't know if I'd say he's a very good shooter, but he's a above average shooter, uh, which is definitely something the Sixers need, uh, which I'll get into a little bit more, but I like this guy. Uh, 
he fits in the mold with, you know, getting a little bit bigger guy uh, that can play the wing for them, kind of a catch and shoot maybe, um, help out on the defensive end, run the floor. Uh, so I like that from him. Um, now, uh, you know, where where maybe he is a downside to him would be uh, possibly – He's not very. He's he's not known for being a a uh, great shot creator, um, or you know, basically the main guy. Uh, which, well, I mean, he was the main guy in Michigan State, but on an NBA level, he, he doesn't really have that show to have that potential as you know being the guy. Which is fine when you're surrounded by Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and however Markel Fultz turns out. And uh, so with with what the uh, Sixers need, they need a they need a shooter, they need a catch and shoot guy, they need a uh, an athletic guy, um, somebody that's gonna keep up be able to you know be able to keep up with with the the high uh, high intensity, high uh, just run and gun that the Sixers are because they're a very young team, so they're gonna just they, they're going to want to run. They're going to be hype. You know, they mean, so uh, I think he, he would fit in pretty good. Um, second would be second that I'm going to name, then I'll rank him at the end. Second would be Trey young. Trey young. I'm sure is a name that you've heard because uh, he was a freshman that blew up on the scene this year. I mean, if you've watched probably two episodes of sports center in the past 10 months, I'm sure you've heard of this guy. So, Trey Young is a guard from Oklahoma. Comes in at 6'2", 180. 19-year-old freshman. Uh, 27.4 points a game. 36% from three-point. Which is very good considering he uh, shot... uh, He made, I believe it was six in the country. uh, Most three-pointers in the country, so... That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good average for how many he shot and made. Uh, Eight point seven assists per game. He had that one game. He had twenty two assists in the game, tied the Division One record. So his uh, his court vision, his awareness, and all is, is very good. His passing is very good. He was uh, an All American first team selection. Uh, the USBWA Freshman of the Year, Big Twelve Freshman of the Year, and. Just a uh, somebody who somebody who you watch him, you hear him talk. He seems like his whole life he's been preparing for this moment, and you know there's something to be said about a guy like that because they they uh, they they tend to they tend to take all these moments a little bit more serious and they know all the work that it's taken for them to get to this point. And, uh, which I think, you know, adds, adds value to the guy in, in, uh, in a way, because this is the type of kid he's thought about this his whole entire life. Grew up, he grew up locally to Oklahoma 
the university, went to a local high school, went to Oklahoma, which was literally in the same town that he grew up in. And in, in in combine interviews, he's he keeps saying over and over, "I'm not just looking to be the best player out of this draft. I'm looking to be the best player in the NBA." You know, there's something to be said for that. There's there's something to say. The guy is confident. Hopefully, it's not a it's not a cocky, but it's a it's a confident and uh, you know he has he has the skills to back it up. His his most common <clears throat> comparison is Steph Curry because this guy can shoot from half court and you know doesn't even really adjust his shot any. So I like him because he's a great shooter. He's a great scorer. I mean, who wouldn't like a guy like that? Now, what I would say about him and the Sixers is <clears throat> he may not be his style of play and his size at all. He may not be a perfect fit on the Sixers. Now, one reason would be that uh, he, I believe he led the country. Yeah, he, he led the country in, uh, now I'm drawing a blank on what the actual stat is called. But it's the stat that shows, you know, how involved you were on each play. And he led the country in percentage of of, of how involved he was, you know, in everything that his his team did. And he was everything. He was everything to the team. So that being said, he, you know, he was main ball handler, dribble up the court, dish out the guy. Like, that was him every single play. <clears throat> and the Sixers have that in Ben Simmons. Uh, they, they have hopefully what's going to be a decent second option in that in Markel Fultz, who was the first pick last year who it's kind of up in the air, you know, what he's going to be like. But in some practice videos and stuff like that recently, uh, he looks pretty pretty good. So all of it just remains to be seen. Um, now, again, somebody with that talent that he brings to the table, I, you know, if he's there, I, I don't know if you can pass it up. So that's why I have him, you know, as, as, a, as one of my top three guys that I, I would like for the Sixers now one of his downsides people are worried about his defense um which is obviously a concern but uh but I don't know I mean I I feel like on on the Sixers the way they are I I don't that just doesn't really concern me too much because they have a lot of length already they have a lot of athleticism and I just feel like he would I feel like he could. He's athletic enough and all that. That you know, if he's on this, you put him with this team. I, I think that would be that'd be fine. I, I don't see that as as an issue too much. <clears throat> now, third would be Michael Bridges. Now, I, I my first guy I said was Miles Bridges. This is Michael Bridges, not the same guy. Michael Bridges is a guard slash forward from Villanova, so local. He comes in a 6-7-2-10. But the <laughs> the thing with him is he's not just 6-7. He's 6-7 with a 7-4 wingspan. Yeah, you heard me say that right. He's 6-7 with a 7-4 wingspan. I that that's insane. I I mean he's like his fingers must be dragging on the floor when he's walking or something. I I don't know. Uh 
seven four wingspan. That's just insane. Uh, he's twenty one. He's a junior, and he averaged seventeen point seven points a game this year on fifty one percent shooting uh, and forty three and a half percent from three point. So this guy is uh, super lengthy and uh, decent height for being a guard slash forward, and uh, and he's a great shooter. He's a great shooter. He comes he comes in uh, being known for being a clutch shooter. Uh, he was huge in the Villanova's. He was the guy in Villanova's run for the championship last year, and made the all tournament team. Uh, he was a third team All American selection. Also was selected as the top small forward in the country. Uh, won the Julius Irving Award for that, and he's just known for having a uh, a great shot. Uh, he's being he's he's very disruptive on defense, obviously because of that length. Uh, he could just stretch his arms out and cover side to side on the court, and and he has. I wouldn't go v- with very good athleticism, but very close to very good athleticism, and uh, so you couple all that together with you know with that's that type of wingspan and that type of shot. I mean that's that's a good player right there. Now, just like how I mentioned kind of the the intangible type thing or, or like the extra, extra little uh, extra little thing that I mentioned with Trey Young on how, you know, how this is the type of thing for Trey Young where he's thought about this moment his entire life and built up to this moment. Where I would go with that for Michael Bridges is that this is uh, a guy who was raised in Pennsylvania Went to Villanova, which is in Pennsylvania, and I, I mean, if he came to Philly, it would be incredible. This is a guy who brought who brought a Villanova championship to the city, and if he was on the Sixers, he'd already have built-in fans. The fans would love him, and he'd be comfortable with the surroundings. He would know the surroundings, and it, I just feel like it's kind of a match you know, it's just a match made in heaven. You know, it's, it's one of those situations where it's like, it's like, man, you know, this is just, it's just meant to work. And so that being said, my, the way I would rank my, these guys from, from one to three, my number three of who I would want the Sixers to get the most, uh, number three would be Miles Bridges. Um, obviously that leaves, Trey Young and Michael Bridges for two and one. So my number two would be Trey Young. Now, as great as he was on a national stage and averaged all these points per game, the only reason I don't give him the top spot is because because he again going back to that uh, he's so used to being a complete ball dominant player, and and the Sixers he's just not going to be that on the Sixers. Um, but again, if he's there, I don't, I don't think you can pass him up, um, unless Michael Bridges is there because Michael Bridges is my number one player. I I think he's a perfect fit for the Sixers. He's he's a uh, comes in at that size where he's a wing guy, but he could play down low if he has to. He could play as a guard if he has to. Um, they need somebody who can who can be athletic and be versatile and be a shooter. He's all of that. 
Uh, and then you throw on top of that, he's homegrown. I mean, it, it almost doesn't get any better. So I like Michael Bridges. Uh, I would, if they had to trade up two, maybe three spots to get him, <coughs> I'd be okay with that. I believe he's he, he's somebody who would be worth it. Obviously, I don't want to give up, you know, the entire future for him, but I think he's somebody that could be worth it. I think Trey Young and Miles Bridges, I think they're going to come in right around 10, so I don't – I have a strong feeling you're not really going to need to trade, especially Miles. I don't think you're going to need to trade up, trade up for him. Trey may be a pick or two. Michael may be two or three picks, so we'll, you know, remains to be seen with that. But so there's my draft preview. Again, I rank the my top three players that I want the Sixers to get uh, with that 10th pick is my number one would be Michael Bridges from Villanova, Trey Young from Oklahoma, and Miles Bridges from Michigan State. So there it is, my draft preview. In two weeks when I do the next show, the draft will actually be happening. So like I said, I don't know what I'm going to be doing for that yet. I, don't, I might do some kind of a live something or other, or I'm, I might just record after the draft i'm not really sure um so tune in for that again i'm aaron simpkins thanks for listening guys to philly strong presented by trackstar sports subscribe to trackstar sports on everything on uh, on uh, itunes and uh get that podcast republic app for the android and find trackstar sports and uh keep locked on there uh go on facebook so, uh, and like our page, Trackstar Sports. Uh, go on Facebook, and we have another page that is ran by Trackstar, Trackstar Sports <clears throat> called Debate Fuel. Debate Fuel. So that's where uh, that's where we have a lot of conversations popping. You know, back and forth debates and arguments with people. Uh, that's an NBA and NFL heavy page. Uh, so all sports are welcome, but it's it's heavy on NBA and and NFL. So uh, debate fuel find that on facebook and join that group join the trackstar sports facebook page on twitter and instagram it's trackstar sport there was an issue with that in the s at the end for some reason so we went with trackstar sport so that's instagram and twitter follow us on that again this is philly strong follow me on twitter at aaron double a ron underscore simpkins one aaron simpkins one and that's uh, that's uh, that's just my personal page, and I just comment on anything uh, sports related for the show. So follow everything there, subscribe to everything that I just mentioned, and I'll see you in two weeks. God bless. <laughs>